This is the Russian dynamite Masha Slamovich. Becca here. This is not America's sweetheart Davian. It's Billy Starks and the super fly guy Trayvon Jordan. This is the fly side flyer Jalen Brandon. Hardcore princess Jules Malone. Hi there, this is the bubblegum princess Alexia Nicole. This is the Brazilian Wonder Woman Christy Jane. This is the baddest black belt Chennai Kai. This is Kid Bandit. The smash hit Joel Bateman. This is Robin Renegade. Cody Hawk. Brutal Bob Evans. And you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. This is your boyfriend's favorite wrestler, Emily Locke, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling With Entertainment, the only audio experience on the web today. The trusted choice for interview all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube and CastBox. Sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, James Shea, and it is a great day for wrestling because we are wrestling with your boyfriend's favorite wrestler, Emily Rock. <laughs> Hello. Oh my goodness. It is always a good day when you're speaking to Emily Locke because I'm not only your boyfriend's favorite wrestler, but I'm everybody's favorite wrestler. Um, quickly, um, if you wanted to follow me on social media, you can follow me at I'm Emily Locke on all the platforms. Um, and I've got a lot of exciting things coming up and a lot of exciting things that have just recently happened that I'm excited to talk about throughout this interview. Um, and merch, I've got lots of merch. If you want to reach out to me privately for lots of eight by tens, you can reach out to me on my social medias and I have a pro wrestling tease, Emily Locke. Page. But thank you for having me. I'm very excited for this interview. Absolutely. Um, and you don't have to uh, look for any of her social media. All of her social media links will be in the description of the video below, but on YouTube and Taskbox. Yes. Um, and you were speaking of uh, what, uh, exciting things coming up. Um, Event-wise, what can we see you next? Well, um. I will be the, after this interview is over. It'll be this interview will be posted since, but I am debuting for Shine coming up very soon. Shine Wrestling in Clearwater, Florida. Yes. So that's very exciting for me. Um, and then I've got I don't know if it'll be announced, so I don't want to officially announce my opponent. But March tenth, I'll be wrestling at Energy Wrestling in Fort Myers, Florida. Um, I hope by the time this interview is up, they've announced my. Um, opponent so look at my socials for that because I've got some it, it's great and just a couple of days ago I won tag team belts with my absolute arch nemesis now that's obviously not normal however I'm a women's tag team champion so that's exciting so Emily Lock and T Gaines are Guardians Legacy women's tag team champions that is I guess the ends justify the means, right? <laughs> you know what? She just showed up. Here's the thing is I was looking and looking and looking for a partner. People accepted it. A lot of girls were accepting my offer, and then they would cancel on me. So I was just going to wrestle for the belts by myself, and little Miss T. Gaines decided to show up. I don't know if she wants to be my friend. I don't know if she just cares about the belt, but it doesn't matter because I got the gold. And I guess we're a team now. Yay. Well, 
Correct me if I'm wrong here, but just at the beginning of this year, you won the Guardians Legacy Champion Women's Championship from home, no? This is absolutely true. Um, I did win it at the very um, and in um, January. I'm sorry, I won the belt in January against T Gaines. It was a triple threat match with myself, T Gaines, and Sky Jones from Shake and Bake, and I actually pinned T Gaines. So I don't know why she decided to show up and be my partner, or she's just trying to you know be my friend just to try to take the belt back from me. But trust me, that's not going to happen because. I run Guardians Legacy now. Myself and Exodus, we run Guardians Legacy now. Well, I was going to say, I mean, tag team champions, uh, singles champions for Legacy. Um, what does that mean to you to hold, you know, pretty much all the gold? <laughs> well, I mean, it just shows you the type of talent I am, obviously. It just shows that I do anything necessary to be able to be at the very top. Um, but it does mean a lot to me. I am going, I hold myself true to a champion. I am always going to show myself as a champion and, um, Guardians Legacy is, I mean, it's just getting started, but now it's just the Emily and Exodus show at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, you're make uh, you mentioned it, you're making your shine debut against, um, I believe Tracy Nix. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, big moment. Obviously, Shine is, um, you know, one of the well-known indie promotions out there. Yes, yes. And that's honestly, in Florida specifically, and a lot of other states in the South, Shine for women is one of the big, big, big goals. And I remember when I first started training, that was my my eyes were set on shine and i don't remember if i specifically put you know a time frame in mind for when i wanted to debut for shine but i'm within three years of my official debut and i'm wrestling for shine and i couldn't be more excited and i live more in the central florida area so this is something that i feel like i can have a lot of of my supporters of my friends and my family come and i'm just i'm Really looking forward to it, and um, it's going to be good. I've never wrestled Tracy, but I know she's a good opponent. I and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it all because this is this is big for me, and I'm very excited. Well, um, can you tell us about wrestling Lindsay Snow? Oh my goodness, yes. So I wrestled Lindsay Snow. At New Heights Wrestling, that's up in the Panhandle, Defuniac. And when I found out that I was wrestling Lindsay, I was immediately, I was ecstatic. Um, and I was really obviously nervous. Um, and th- it was one of my biggest challenges because of Lindsay's wrestling style. However, it was one of the most rewarding matches I've had to date. Um, and obviously, I did not come out with the win. I never I, going into it. I didn't think I could out wrestle her. But at the end of the match, I still gained her respect, and um, I was able to watch that match back. And I was able to watch the moment that her and I had. And she actually talked in the ring to the fans, talking about how I gained her respect. And um, and it, it was a very meaningful moment for me. And I hope 
Or and I can run it back again, and maybe maybe I can get the win this time. Oh yeah, I mean you win uh, uh, roughly fifteen minutes with Lindsay. Um, you know that's for an independent match. That's kind of I don't want to say unheard of, but uh, what it kind of means to you to go that length of time with you know obviously such a big name on the Indies. Yeah, it was definitely like I said a challenge, um, but. I wanted to go into it to show her that I'm a new, newer girl in the Indies, but never count me out. And she was also trained by Jay Lethal because I was trained by Jay Lethal. And um, so I, I was ready to show her like, we're like, I, I'm one of the newer girls from Jay and I'm very, very happy. And yeah, 15 minutes. I don't typically even go that long in most of my singles matches. So being able to go 15 minutes with her was definitely something that, I'm very proud of, and I'm grateful that she, you know, she stuck it out with me for 15 minutes because <laughs> it, it was it was hard. But I'm again, I'm very grateful, and it was definitely one of my favorite matches I've had to date. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, Jay Lethal um, being trained by him. Um, has Black Machismo ever made an appearance? <laughs> um no we have never um it's funny so i a lot of my training class always asks for black machismo to come out and also we always ask for his rick flair impression we never get it i think he's done his rick flair impression from my understanding for one class and it wasn't my class but no we have not got to meet him yet but you know never say never <laughs> all you have to do is like pat him on the back and he just turns into black machismo for some reason i i can tell you well i mean i never patted him on the back i mean i may have suplexed him a couple times but i've never patted him on the back so next time i see him i'll keep that in mind and hopefully hopefully he'll just come out <laughs> but um you know keeping on the topic of uh championship titles um you were the first ever um new heights wrestling champion um you know there's yeah. not exactly a lot of first in pro wrestling nowadays so mm -hmm. what does it mean to you um to be the first champion wow okay so um that so look, i was talking about lindsay being one of my favorite matches um this match that i had with t Gaines to become the first ever new heights wrestling women's champion is my favorite match to date um and the moment that scott armstrong counted the three for me to be the winner was like i just got overwhelmed with emotion and it was um the like one of the greatest feelings i've ever had since i've started wrestling and then um i look behind me and the entire locker room is coming out to cheer me the fans are cheering and it was just one of those surreal moments. Now, I probably would have cried. However, um, and not a lot of people know this, um, T. Gaines got hurt in the match um, in the very um, ending of the match. And um, so I, I like that was a surreal moment, but I was just so worried because I wanted her to be okay. Uh, she's fine. Um, but it was definitely one of the greatest feelings I've ever had. This women's championship is 16 years in the making they have this has been a company for 16 years and they've never had a women's champion um and i have been 
at New Heights for a year and a half, building up the women's division, making it, trying to make it mean something. And I don't want to just put the credit on myself. It's also the company itself. They're trying to make women's wrestling mean something. And to be the first women's champion means so much to me that um, I can carry at least the start of kind of a new era for women's wrestling um, in the panhandle of Florida for Defuniac. And I'm just really excited. My first title defense is going to be um, April 20th. I'll be wrestling Ashley Mayberry, I believe. Um, and I'm going to fight and I'm going to keep that belt because this is, uh, it's, it's very meaningful. And um, like I said, very surreal moment. And I actually got to watch it back. And I even having Scott Armstrong as my referee um, was also just absolutely amazing. He's a great referee. And um, when he's, he raised my hand, I was like, wow, this this is the moment. And then watching it back, hearing little girls. I mean, there were little girls just cheering my name and, um, you know, get up, get up, Emily. And it's just one of those moments where you're like, this is why I started doing this. So you, you mentioned, you know, being in that moment. Is that a moment you've taken in the moment or is it something that kind of sets in afterwards? Like, wow, I did that. It's kind of a little bit of both. Um, in that moment when, like I said, the whole locker room came out, um, Exodus is coming out to cheer me. They came in the ring to celebrate with me. Um, and then, you know, you get to the back, kind of the adrenaline finally wears off. And then you're, you're eventually driving home. You're like, wow, that just happened. And then, and, and then reliving it when you watch the match back is also just like, again, a surreal moment because you're hearing things or seeing things that you didn't see or hear in the match when you're actually doing it. Like I said, those little girls cheering, I probably would have noticed them, but you know, you're so in the zone wanting to, you know, become the women's champion and then listening back. And these, these little girls are just like, you can do it. Like, I believe in you. And um, so it's, it's multiple moments, but yeah, you definitely feel it in the moment. And then I kind of teared up watching it back, like I said, because um, it was one of those things where it's like a first, it doesn't really happen, like you said, in wrestling that often anymore. So being the first to do this in 16 years is very meaningful to me. And I mean, like, T Games, you, mm -hmm. you're taking championship after championship from her, <laughs> and she, then she comes around and becomes your tag team partner? Yeah, there's an agenda there for sure. <laughs> Listen, she's got something planned. She's she's clearly got something planned. Who knows? I mean, we might be tag partners, but I I know we're only defending our tag belts once every three months. So you never know. Tag partners could be facing each other for the women's belt for all I know. But I'll do anything to keep the Guardians Legacy Women's Champion. I'll do anything to keep all of my championships. Now, um, last year, um, you actually competed in uh, Puerto Rico. Um, what was that experience like? So we traveled to Puerto Rico twice um, last year. The first time we traveled to Puerto Rico was in July and um, over the summer. Um, I only ended up managing at that show and, um, then we traveled back there in September, and that's when I actually wrestled. But um, it is very, like, I don't want to say different, but it is very different um, in different ways. Um, so 
the biggest thing was um, the language barrier was really tough. Um, the promoter of the company only spoke Spanish and we only spoke English. Um, we made it work, um, but they gave us such great like accommodations. Um, they took very good care of us. Um, and I really enjoyed wrestling in Puerto Rico. Um, I wrestled when I did wrestle when I was wrestling in September. Um, I wrestled La Chica, um, who's based in the Northeast. And then Nakoma, who um, is also based up north. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty funny that two girls that, like the three girls that wrestled were all based in the States. Um, but I had a really good time. Um, and I really enjoyed wrestling the two of them. Um, I still came out on top, of course. Of course I won the match because I'm the best wrestler out of all three of us. Um, so I'd love to run it back with both of them. Um, and, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, I will say though, they have a lot more matches on their cards than they do in the States. I'm pretty sure when, um, in September there were 12 matches on the show. So wow. it was a long one. It sounds like a typical AEW show at this point. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But when, when you're used to like six, especially when I wrestle at like guardians, it's always six. Sometimes seven, but then when we were we were in Gorilla ready to go, it was our turn. We were next, and they're like, "Oh, we're doing an intermission. We have like five matches left." I'm like, "Oh, cool. Sounds wonderful." <laughs> but the boys and I were talking. We're getting island fever. We might we might want to go back in 2024. So keep an eye out for that because we like we have island fever every once in a while. But we definitely had um. We had a lot of issues traveling, and it has nothing to do with the promotion. But um, the first time we went, we got stuck in the airport for, I want to say, 18 hours. And then, yeah, and then the second time, um, we got stuck for an additional six hours. And we flew back on a Sunday. I had to work the next Monday morning. I got an hour of sleep. It was Ouch. rough. So we're kind of like... We like being there. We like hanging out there, but getting back is just is always an issue. <laughs> but well, yeah. one of the things exploring, you know, a new, um, you know, area, a new culture. Um, what was you eating in Puerto Rico? Um, well, we all we I I needed to try mofongo. I had to. It was. So we had gone to a couple places, and the main thing we were trying to get was the mofongo. Um, and there's this one place in um, San Juan called Hotties. That mofongo was absolutely delicious. I'm pretty sure I got chicken, chicken mofongo, and it tasted like it. Ha it was like it's obviously like it's like a plantain type dish, and um, it had chicken, and it tasted like it had. It, they said it was a garlic sauce, but it tasted like Alfredo sauce and it was so good. It was absolutely delicious. So that was, that was the main dish. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that stuck out. Um, but it was most, it was mostly the mofongo. We were trying a lot of local things, but that was, that was the main thing that we would be like, does it look good on the menu here? <laughs> well, um, talking about wanting it back, um, uh, with Nakoma and Clara, um, speaking to Nakoma, um, she was not happy with how that match ended. So, um, yeah, on her perspective, she would very much like to run it back. <laughs> Listen, 
it ended like that because Nakoma decided she wanted to beat up Exodus on the outside of the ring. So I had to get them justice. I had to get them justice. And, you know, as your boyfriend's favorite wrestler, like I said, any means necessary to pick up the win. So maybe she needs to, you know, change her little wrestling style to any means necessary. Actually, don't tell her that because she can't take my my strategy. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Exodus, can you tell us about your relationship with the other two members, uh, Casper <laughs> and Josh Wise? So, um, I'm going to keep it on professional. So, um, we all train together. So, my training class, we call it the COVID class because um, my training class started training for wrestling two weeks before COVID hit. Wow. So, we had two weeks of training. Um, we literally had mastered roles. That's what we had mastered. And then COVID hit. Um, so, Jay and my other two trainers were like, okay, we have to shut down because um, of all the regulations, it's very unsafe. Um, so we shut down, and I want to say for about two to three months, no training whatsoever. Um, once things started to get, um, you know, they started changing the regulations and whatnot, um, they started to do, they split our class up. So originally my class, I want to say, had about 12 people in it. So they split us up so it was like six and six. Um, so like my class would go on Tuesdays, the other class would go on Thursdays. Or it was like my class would go Tuesday, Thursday, the other class would go Monday, Wednesday. Um, and so we had all trained together. We were in one of the sessions together. And um, we kind of just built like a really good relationship, um, just a really good friendship. And it just blossomed into um, ta a tag team and a female um, we did have another member of Exodus, and we're still hoping he eventually can join. However, um, he got in a really bad car accident um, and had to have surgery. So um, he, so he hasn't been able to wrestle. He made his debut, made, had a couple um, matches, and then um, the car accident happened. So we're hoping we can get him back into Exodus eventually. Um, but, yeah, so um, it just – and then it just has blossomed and blossomed and blossomed into uh, what Exodus is today. So, <laughs> That being said, um, what's a pet peeve about both of them that you just don't understand? <laughs> oh, a pet peeve. Okay. For Casper. Oh, man. What is a pet peeve of Casper? His cockiness. He's very cocky. But cockiness is not always bad. So, like, it might be... A pet peeve, but in the end, cockiness tends to always win. And Josh, Josh Wise, um, hmm, his hair. He always has to put up that hair, right? <laughs> he always needs that time out to get his hair up. But does it look good? Always, right? Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, we've been talking about your um, your boyfriend's favorite wrestler. Can you tell us about your favorite best friend? Oh, that girl. Oh, that girl. She was uh, she was new. No, she wasn't she. 
Um, so your um your next best friend was who I was when I first started wrestling. Um and I was the girl who was so happy to be there, um, just ready for anything, ready for um my career to start, ready to wrestle anybody. Um and you know it kind of blossomed into your boyfriend's favorite wrestler because all the boyfriends came after me, right? Um, but no, I, um, I always wanted to be everybody's best friend and nobody wanted to be my best friend. So it kind of made me a little bit meaner, I guess, because everybody was mean to me. So I'm like, if they're going to be mean to me, I'm going to be mean to everybody and not be that little naive girl. But isn't everybody naive at the, the beginning of their career? Isn't everybody, you know, so innocent and happy at the beginning of their career? Right. But now everybody wants to be your friend because obviously, you know, all of that the success you've been getting. But now they can't be your best friend. No, no. I've got my friends and my guard is up because you can't trust anyone in this business. You can't do it. I have, I have the very few people that I trust. And everybody else can go bye-bye. I don't trust them. I don't want to be their friend. I'm there to show up, win my match, and leave. So, see, and that's how everybody else was. And that's what kind of formed me into who I am because nobody wanted to be my friend. Now people want to be my friend, and I don't want to be their friend. So, I guess I guess as you progress, you get a little bitter, right? <laughs> well, one of the people you wanted to be friends with um, was Anna Diaz. Um, oh, you, yes. You found her in a library? Oh, I sure did. And she was so mean to me. She, she was so, so mean to me. And I never understood why. You know, I was just walking around and I found her in the library. She looked nice. She looked cool. So I wanted to go talk to her and then she didn't want to talk to me. So I took liberties into my own hands to keep figuring out where I could find her because I wanted to be her friend that bad. So it was a little bit of an embarrassing moment in my career. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> well, um, two other people you had encounters with definitely not looking for friends. Mm -hmm. Um, is Chelsea Durden and Chelsea Regan. Um, Reagan. Yeah. Um, you yeah. had a triple threat um, with two of the better-known independent wrestlers mm -hmm. of that area, um, well-respected names. Um, mm -hmm. So what was it like having a triple threat with um, those two? Um, on a 100% real note, I, I want to run that match back so bad. Um, I That was within my first five matches of my career. So oh, wow. being able to face two, those two girls so early on in my career was, um, it was where like I started to learn, you know, how to wrestle, you know, all like learning and picking up things from just wrestling. Um, now I didn't pick up the win in that match. Chelsea won the belt in that match. Because of Allie Rex. Did you see that? Allie what cheated out Kelsey, which I mean, I shouldn't I should have wanted to win, but um, but yeah, so I'm grateful to have had that opportunity, like I said, so early on in my career. 
Um, and I have just seen the two of them grow and grow and grow and grow. And I have been wanting to wrestle both of them so bad since, you know, since the beginning of my career. Um, but we have not, well, we've crossed paths, but we've not been booked to wrestle each other again. Um, so I'm just hoping I was really, I was really hoping at shine. I could get one of them, but you know, they have their storyline going on at shine. They'd be, they'd betrayed each other. So, you know, maybe, maybe down the road at shine, but I definitely wanted, um, I'm very grateful for it. I, I had wrestled Kelsey. Um, I want to say three times within like my first 15 matches. Um, and then I haven't wrestled her since. So but it was good. I really, I really enjoyed wrestling both of them. And, um, uh, that, that big, I'm sure you saw the video that my tower of doom, that was all me. I did that. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you mentioned sign. I mean, it's only your first match in sign. I'm mm -hmm. sure you're going to have another opportunity, um, to wrestle, uh, either one of them or maybe, Hey, another triple threat. Or maybe they'll pick one of them will pick me to be their partner. You know, Interesting. you know, <laughs> you never yeah. know what could happen. I'm partial. I've interviewed Chelsea, so I'm going with Chelsea. <laughs> oh, you're going to pick Chelsea. All right. Well, you got to see who wins. <laughs> and uh, Chelsea, boo, boo, Kelsey. <laughs> oh, don't, don't turn on Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chelsea was the one who turned on Kelsey, so shouldn't you be booing Chelsea? But I'm biased. I've interviewed Chelsea. Yes, this one? is true. This is true. I get it. I get it. Um, that brings us to um the bizarre um Emily's bizarre adventure. You're a pro wrestler that goes up and down the roads, and weird, crazy, and bizarre things are bound to happen. Can you tell us a road story that fits that description? Oh, crazy and bizarre things happen. Um, trying to think. Anything too crazy? Um, I mean, I always end up at some really random, like, side of the road, like, gas stations or convenience stores. Um, that is, I mean, I can't think of anything too crazy that's happened. Um, and maybe it's just cause I'm, you know, still a little bit new. I'm still pretty new. Um, but I always tend to end up at very unique gas stations, convenience stores. Um, but listen, I, I, not to me, but I will say one of my, um, Exodus members has the worst luck with traveling. So can I tell a story about him? Because it's not me. I, I have pretty good luck with traveling. Um, Josh has a lot of bad luck with his travels. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure. So normally we all meet up and typically we tend to meet up and, um, eat out, um, at some sort of restaurant local, pretty close to, um, where we're going to uh, wrestle and we, you know, how to strategize always. So we always talk about, okay, we're all going to meet up at this time. And I want to say about seven times out of 10. No, that's exaggerating. Maybe like four times out of 10. Josh is always late. And it's because something's happening. One time he claimed that he ran into a sandstorm and that it was like a tornado of sand. Wow. Um, 
Uh, I think twice he's blown out his tires. Um, you know, rainstorms. It's just all this crazy stuff. Um, like I said, nothing like that has happened to me. Um, I don't even, yeah, no, but it's always Josh that has the luck. I mean, I hate to say it, but like, sorry, Josh, but I'd rather be you than me. <laughs> A bizarre adventure in um, a different context. Yeah, I know. I just can't think of anything else. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the bizarre would be the whole, well, yeah, no, my Puerto Rico story. I guess I, like, touched upon it. Right. That's a big bizarre adventure. Here, I can talk about that. So, um, getting to Puerto Rico, super easy. No issues. Um, leaving Puerto Rico, we were going to fly Spirit. Mind you, I'd never flown Spirit in my entire life. So I was like, and I heard all the, the bad stories about um, Spirit. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to trust it. And, like, you can go back and look and see um, the the flying history. And it, it had a good history. So, like, every single time it was taking off on time or within 30 minutes, everything. So all, we, we bit the bullet and decided, all right, let's just fly Spirit back. Um, so the last day that we were in Puerto Rico... Um, we get a notification that our flight had been delayed. Now, our flight was supposed to take off um, kind of late in the night. So, like, being delayed really wasn't too bad. It would probably get us back to Florida at, like, a more reasonable time. Um, so, it kind of ended up working out. So, I think we are supposed to leave at, like, 10 p.m. or something. And then they delayed it to, like, 1 a.m. So, really, like, it didn't really make too much of a difference. Get to the airport. Um, mind you, I got injured the time that I was um, not wrestling in Puerto Rico. That can be another story if you want to talk about that. But I got injured. I'm hobbling around Puerto Rico with one foot, like very bad. Um, so we get to the airport probably around 6 or 7 p.m. Um, and we find our gate. We get food. Everything's going great. Um, and then... We keep checking just to make sure. I always do this when I'm flying. I always check to make sure that the plane that is going to pick me up, you know, is on the way to pick me up. Um, and so that finally we had seen that had taken off. We're like, okay, fantastic. The plane is on its way. It's going to get here in about, it's about a three and a half hour flight. Okay, cool. It's going to be on its way. Um, and then, so I'm, we're obviously talking to all the other people that are flying back to Florida and then all of a sudden, so the plane's in the air. I think it took off at like one or something in the morning. Um, something around that. And like at two in the morning, everybody in my gate gets a notification. Uh, your flight's canceled. Just out of nowhere, no explanation. Your flight is canceled. So we're like, what in the world? Because we had made, we had thought, okay, do we want to, you know, cancel our flight and try to find another flight back to Florida? Cause everybody was worried about me because I was injured and I was like, no, I'm good. Everything's fine. Let's just, you know, take our flight that we already have. Well, flight got canceled. And so, um, we're in like the depths of the Puerto Rico airport. I have no idea why we had our gate there. Um, I have, I have no, I have no idea. So it was, um, Exodus, me, and then, um, Josh's girlfriend was there. And so 
Josh and Casper decided, all right, well, we're going to go try to figure this out because they didn't want me hobbling through the airport because I was, my, my foot was extremely injured. I'm limping. They're like, we're going to go figure this out for all of us. It'll be fine. So they end up booking a flight, um, for America. I think it was American airlines or United airlines. One of the, you know, one of the two. Right. Um, and like, it was this weird thing where it was like three flights. Like it was like a layover, but there was three rather than one. And so they're trying to figure this out because we, they couldn't get the, um, their boarding passes, um, for some unknown reason. So we're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure it out. They had to go outside of security because they had to go like talk to, you know, representatives. We had to get a refund for spirit, all that jazz. So, um, they couldn't figure out why we weren't getting our boarding passes. So mind you, this is like three o'clock in the morning. Like this is like, you know, and then everybody from our flight is trying to do the same thing. So all these flights are jacked up to like a thousand dollars a ticket. Like it's just very, very, very chaotic. So, um, they're trying to get it figured out. Um, they're calling, we're all delirious. We're tired. We're hungry. We're exhausted. Like we're all the feelings were upset because our flight got canceled. We're in Puerto Rico. We were like, I was injured. It was just like all these emotions. Um, and so they ended up getting on the phone. The boys did with um, a representative from United. Uh, for, I think it was United or American. I don't remember. Anyway, um, and she was like, "Well, this flight, like this layover flight, doesn't even exist. So that's why you're not getting your boarding passes. All this drama. So we end up we end up buying our tickets, but like they said that we were technically at the airport too early because the flight was going to be at 2 p.m. the next day. They said we were technically at the airport too early to get our boarding passes um, for some unknown reason. So um, they were like, but just wait, you'll get your boarding pass. You'll be able to get in. So mind you, the boys are outside of security. So the boys try to come back in security. And one of the security guys is like, I need to see your boarding pass. And like, they explain the situation. Like we just rebought them because our flight got canceled. And they're like, He's like, oh, well, too bad, so sad. And so get out of line. And so me and, you know, Josh's girlfriend are, like, in the depths of the airport. The boys are trying to get back in security. This guy's yelling at him, like, hey, you can't get back in. And, but, like, mind you, when we had gotten into security, we only had to show our, like, IDs. So we didn't even have to show boarding pass. So then they have to call American Airlines back to try to, like, figure all this out. They ended up pushing through our boarding pass because of the situation. And then they go back to go through security. They didn't even have to show the boarding pass. So like, you know, <laughs> it's all this, like, you know, it was, they went to a different person. They didn't have to show it. So it's all this drama. So we fight. So they finally come back to um, where we were. We obviously had to sleep in the airport. So um, like, even though we were in the depths of the airport, that was probably like a safer place for us to sleep and a more comfortable place for us to sleep. Um, so I think we, fell asleep around four or 5 a.m. slept until like seven or eight maybe um then we get up and we're like okay now let's go try to find our new gate so we go to our new gate um mind like i said i'm injured they're trying to find ice for me we're trying to find places to eat no places open end up getting all that figured out we made it back everything was fine so that's my big bizarre story so yeah so I guess there is a big bizarre. Uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So it was just an absolute nightmare um, trying to 
And I want to say, then I want to say also, or was that the same flight? I don't know. I want to say like when we got on the flight. Oh yeah. When we got on the flight, they said there was mechanical issues and we might all have to get off. Oh God. <laughs> and then, so we had, so we had to fly from Puerto Rico to Miami and then Miami to Tampa, so, which is like, you know, so silly. So then, so we, you know, mechanical issues, we might have to get off. Okay. Wait, just kidding. Everything's fine. Okay, cool. We're, we're in the last row, by the way. So like, we're like, we're going to deboard and like we're the last row. And then we get to Miami. The Miami airport was shut down because of weather in Miami. So we landed, we were on the tarmac and had to sit on the tarmac before we could get off the plane for 30 minutes because of um, severe weather. And same thing with getting on to from Miami to Tampa. Um, there was some issue too. So we had a really bad time traveling back from Puerto Rico. <laughs> and now I completely understand that. I would, yeah. hesitant to go back as well. Do you see why? And then, and then we went back, and then um, same thing. We're in the airport, and then all of a sudden, your flight's delayed. Your flight's delayed. Your flight's delayed. Um, and we're like, this is happening again. We, why did we come back? Um, and it ended up working out. But like, the, they basically were like, here, here's a $10 food voucher. Go figure it out. Everything closes in 10 minutes. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. So like, can you see why we're a little skeptical about going back? <laughs> well, fortunately, going from arguably the worst travel um, to never having to leave your room, and that is um, Wrestle City Radio. Um, oh, yeah. You're a co-host with George Alonso. Um, how did that come about? Um, so unfortunately, Wrestle, Wrestle City Radio is no longer um, around. Um, but I had met George when I had debuted for Pride of Wrestling. Um, he was just, he was there. He was with um, Persia when I had wrestled her. Um, came up to me, was very complimentary of my wrestling. Thought I was, you know, a good wrestler. And then we kind of just kept in touch on social media um, and one day he calls me up, um, and was like, Hey, I do this thing. It's called Wrestle City Radio. I've started it and stopped it multiple times. He's like, I think you would be a great co-host because um, I stream. So I kind of, I sit in front of a computer and talk to people all the time anyway. So he was like, I think that would be good. And he said, I also, he said that he also wanted to help me with networking type of this thing because I, I was, a, I'm actually very grateful for a lot of the people that I got to meet on the podcast. Um, and so, yeah, he just kind of called me up. He said, I think you'd be good. And um, yeah, we did that for a little over a year. Um, and then things happened and it just no longer is. But um, I'm grateful for being able to do that for a little while. And I was co-host with Miss T Gaines for a little while as well. <laughs> she follows me everywhere, clearly. <laughs> But um, you were able to, you know, interview some wrestlers as well. Um, did that kind of give you any perspective on your own career, hearing stories from, you know, getting to be on my side of things? Yeah, it was actually really interesting because um, the first person that I'd ever interviewed was Kayla Sparks. And Kayla Sparks started wrestling when she was, I want to say she was like 13 or 14, um, and she took a really long hiatus, yeah. um, and she had just come back to wrestling. 
And um, it was kind of crazy to see where like I interviewed her like right when she planned to come back. And then I saw so many things of her. You know, she was a part of Asuka's WrestleMania entrance. She was wrestling on AEW, WWE. Like she was wrestling everywhere. She was doing so much. And it's just like, it was so interesting to be able to like talk to these people as people and then follow their career and kind of like I'm seeing a lot of them blossom and I'm seeing a lot how they're where they are and it's really interesting because like a lot of people don't see wrestlers as people too and I feel like you know what you're doing and what we were trying to do with Wrestle City Radio is you know show everybody that you know wrestlers are just normal people too we just have a very unique hobby that we like to do um and so like i said i every single person that i've interviewed um i have stayed in touch like not touch with but i've um followed them on social media in some way shape or form and i kind of i i keep tabs on them without them actually i mean you know they know but you know (laughs) and it's it's so cool to see how like their you know their careers are going and it's also very interesting because we interview people from all over you know the state all over the state all over the country Um, one in Canada and it's just cool to see how wrestling is different everywhere also. Um, and, or like, you know, we um, interviewed Eric Ademia who had, is very, she's very young. She, um, is from one of the Carolinas. And then, you know, next thing I know she's wrestling in Florida and she wrestled T Gaines and, and it's just like, okay, I literally interviewed her like a year ago and you know, you see, where they go and it's really cool and I'm like and then you're like oh well maybe I can wrestle them one day you know so that's pretty cool I interviewed Erica last year as well (laughs) oh really yeah she's very sweet we um we did two interviews with her the first one was with her and um her dad and then the second one was just her um and um yeah she's she's very passionate about um her her character building is really good um and her her ring works really good um, and I think she's 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 gonna she's going places, obviously. Yeah. Um. I'm. She could correct me if I'm wrong here, but um. I I'm pretty sure I was her first ever interview that she conducted. So. Oh, that's awesome! That that see, there's a first in wrestling right there for you. <laughs> right. Um. That's awesome. And, well, and you mentioned it. Um. You had a Twitch stream as well before. Um. Uh, Russell City. Yes. Yes. So, um, I actually started, it's actually fun. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll post this when this goes live to my Twitch stream, but I actually started streaming before I started wrestling. So my Twitch stream, um, and what I call my OGs have been there since my very first day of training. Um, so I started Twitch streaming in June of 2019. So I'm coming upon five years of streaming. Um, I actually started streaming like right after I moved to Florida and um, my Twitch stream and my community have been like the most supportive of my wrestling career. It is um, the greatest thing ever. They're kind of like, it's a lot. <laughs> I love them. And if they're listening, I love you guys. It's a lot of older guys on there. And it's like a lot of like dads, like cheering on, like cheering me on. <laughs> like they get so excited. They're like, I've loved to watch you just grow into like the wrestler you are. And like, they're like my biggest fans. And, um, I absolutely appreciate them so much. Um, you know, and I just like, I go, I stream 
twice a week. I, I was more consistent, obviously during COVID I was more consistent before I had started my, um, you know, nine to five job and everything. And, um, so I only stream like twice a week now. However, they are still so loyal to me. They are so sweet to me. And so I love my stream. I love my community. And yeah, so I they're just so supportive. They they always talk about how they just love to see like the progression from, you know, three years ago till now. Well, not three. Well, technically three and a half till now. Um it's it's been it's been a ride with them. <laughs> Well, uh, considering, you know, uh, Russell City um, folded, um, have you considered interviewing wrestlers on your stream? Um, yes and no. Um, I feel like I should leave it to, to, to the, you know, the podcasts and the people um, who put it all together, such as yourself. Um, but... Um, it's a lot of work. I know George was so busy and I'm sure you're busy all the time trying to, you know, pick somebody to wrestle, doing all the re wrestle, sorry, interview. Um, and uh, <laughs> I mean, you can wrestle however you want. Um, pick somebody to interview. <laughs> yeah. And like, I can tell you do your research. And so, you know, you have to spend the time to research and, you know, figure out the questions and, and you know, keep the conversation flowing. And, and um, you know, so... Probably not. I'll just stick with talking about people. <laughs> Maybe um, a shared stream with T-Games, because he just seems to uh, follow you around. Sh don't trust me. I popped into one of her podcasts recently. <laughs> she better not pop into this one. <laughs> and now we're being joined by T-Games. No. Oh, my God. No. I would just, I would scream. <laughs> no. Good. And don't interview her either. I'm just kidding. You do what you want. <laughs> All right. Um, now, uh, can you tell us about your cup collection? Oh, my. You do your research. Oh, my. Okay. Um, so... I don't even know when this started. I'm like beyond obsessed with like tumblers and coffee mugs. And like, I don't even know why. I just feel like they're cute and I enjoy looking at them. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I couldn't even tell you how many I have. Um, one of the more recent cups added to my collection that I got for Christmas um, is a Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's like airbrushed and it's got all the characters on it. Um, yeah, anytime I see a cup or a mug, um, I like gravitate towards it. And if I'm with friends or even if I'm with my mom, they're like, walk away. <laughs> um, so yeah, I recently got, um, I have two Stanleys and I'm not like one of those girls who's like, I need a Stanley. I just like wanted to see how good they were because I have a simple modern cup that I really enjoy. Um, because I like stainless steel cups because, um, they keep your ice cold and stuff. Right. Um, and especially like with wrestling and everything and like for the gym and everything, I like ice in my water. Um, so, um, yeah, I really, um, I tried, I have one of the regular, like, you know, the handled ones, but then I also just recently got one of the ones that it's like, I don't know. It's got like a, it's really cool. I like it. That one better. I use that one every day, but, um, but yeah, I, I quite enjoy cups. Um, 
So if you ever like or hair like I I tend to look for Harry Potter because I'm a Harry Potter fan. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. My favorite movie of all time is Coraline, but you can never find any Coraline merch. It's yeah. kind of in, infuriating. Um, and so yeah, so I'll tend to look for that or anything sparkly is is my go-to. <laughs> you know, I'm not. Uh, I've never been a person that gets really scared of horror movies. I'm usually, mm -hmm. you know, very cool about all of that. But Coraline no. was downright creepy. If, if I'm being oh, I'm insulted. No, Coraline is literally the best movie ever. Okay, so no, I've never been one. Way, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. It was it is terrifying. However, I didn't start watching it until probably like a year and a half ago. Like it's still like a new favorite to me. But literally, I can watch Coraline every single day of the week and not get tired of it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fantasy of it. I don't know if it's, like, like the idea of another world and everybody has another world and, you know, all of that. Like, there's just something about that movie that fascinates me. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is. Um, but it, it's... It's my movie. Actually, I had one of my um, Twitch viewers. Um, he lives in Minnesota, I want to say. And he was at like an art, you know, show type thing. And there was a somebody painted um, a painting of Coraline YB and the other mother and the cat and with a whole bunch of spiders. And he purchased it for me and mailed it to me. And I'm actually looking at it right now because it's in my stream room. And... Um, so that's like one of those like you know it's a very meaningful gift and I absolutely love it. Um, so it'll be I'm hanging it up very soon so it can be behind me on my stream. But yeah, oh. I just I, there's something that fascinates me about that movie. I don't I'm still trying to figure it out. It's definitely an interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, it's unique. I feel like it's just very unique and I like that art style. So like I said, I like um, Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm, I like Corpse Bride. Like I like that claymation style of movie. Um, so it could even just be as simple as that. And I just, and I like her name and I like the music. I like, I just like the way it looks. Call me weird. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned uh, Harry Potter. Um, what, house uh, are, what house are you? I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> 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 Which I mean, like Emily's probably not, but like, <laughs> but you know, I'm a Hufflepuff. Now, are you... Did you take the test that confirmed that you were a Hufflepuff yes. or did you just identify? No, I took the test and I took it like on multiple different, you know, websites, but I took the official one and, it, and every time I take it, it's always Hufflepuff. Um, so, yes, I am a full-fledged Hufflepuff, but ironically, right now I'm wearing a Gryffindor shirt, so just don't tell anybody. <laughs> well, when I took the test, it said I was Gryffindor. But I don't, if I'm being honest, I identify more with Slytherin. Oh. You know, everybody I associate with is a, is a Slytherin, so maybe that just makes sense. Well, you're Hufflepuff. Do you identify more with one of the other houses? No. <laughs> I would say I'm mostly I mean, like, like Emily is probably a Slytherin, um, but, you know, me, real life, 100% a Hufflepuff. 100%. Like, it just makes sense. My my Patronus is a cat, and my cat. I have a cat, and uh, his name is Butterbeer, so 
Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm very, I'm very much a Hufflepuff. I'm very. Um, my cousin is um, a huge Harry Potter fan too, and she's like, "Take the quiz, take the quiz." And I took it, and I go, "I'm a Hufflepuff." She goes, "Of course you are. I knew you were." <laughs> <laughs> did you read the books or just um, the movies? Listen, okay, so I'm like my my my. My story on Harry Potter. So um, I went to, so I would, I'm going to be honest with you, and stream can back me up. I would talk so much crap about Harry Potter on my stream. I don't get why anybody likes Harry Potter. Blah, blah, that's so weird. Who cares about magic? And like I said, if my stream's listening, they're going to be like, yeah, she did. <laughs> and then during COVID, I went to Universal Studios for the very first time. And I stepped foot into Diagon Alley, and I look. And I'm going through it. I ride the rides. And I'm like, there's something to this. Like, this is like, I love the way it looked. Everybody was obsessed with it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give it a try. I watched all of the movies in a, like, month span. Like, I binged those movies because, like, the moment, like, I started watching them, I couldn't stop. And so I've watched all the movies multiple times but and I got the first book um and I was really like like reading that book every single night before I went to bed um and then something happened and I just lost motivation to read the book so I have the first book my mom bought me the second book and then my mom was like I'm not buying you any more of the Harry Potter books so you finish the first two <laughs> like a typical mom would and so I'm like okay so the book is sitting on my nightstand, still where it's at. But um, but yeah. So I, I just watched the movies. On a total side note, do you consider listening to an audio book reading a book? I feel like kind of, but I also feel like that's a little bit of cheating. You know what I mean? Yes, one hundred percent. But like, yeah. So I feel like. Yes, but I also feel like no, because like when you're reading, you have to dedicate yourself to doing that. But you can listen to an audiobook just like you can listen to a podcast while doing something else. But I feel like you can't read and do so like do something else at the same time. So like, yes, but no. But like it's still reading it like it's being read to you. So you're getting like everything that's in the book, you know, but I would just I wouldn't count that as reading. though. And I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the colossal question. Let's say they're okay. making a movie about you. Every movie has a soundtrack. What would be oh. the first three songs on the Emily Locke movie soundtrack? Oh my goodness, what a question. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um. Wow, you stumped me here. Okay. Uh, honestly, I hate to say it, but I feel like I would need, like, the Coraline background song on there somewhere. Okay. Like, that needs to be there because that's, you know, that's me. Oh. I mean, like, I literally, I, I play it, like, as, you know, like, music in the background of stuff all the time. So, I mean, like, kind of, kind of like, even though I'm stealing it from another movie, um, I think my entrance music would have to be another one. All of the songs that I'm thinking of right now don't have words to them, 
Um, so I would have to say my entrance music because obviously um, I I come out to that song every single weekend and, you know, it's it's become who I am and, like, we've talked about changing our song, but, like, I have an emotional attachment to that song too, so I feel like I don't <laughs> want to get rid of it. Um, and then, oh, my, what would be the third one? I feel like I need one with lyrics to describe who I am. Um, I don't know. Oh, my gosh, you stumped me. Oh, let me think. Here's the thing. Yep. Fun fact about Emily, I don't listen to a lot of music. I get a lot of flack for that, um, but I really don't. I don't listen to a lot of music. I'm one of those people who listens to the music that other people are playing. Um, uh, you could pull up the Spotify a list if you need to. I'm telling you. any. I will say, uh, this is what I'll say. I will say anything by the artist um dripping so pretty fun fact you probably have never met that, heard of that guy um but he's my favorite artist to just like casually listen to and i've gone to his concerts before so like maybe something by him wait no what is that song hang on i mean i i have an idea okay i have to look up the song okay hang on so this is like one of my favorite songs I've ever heard. Okay, um, so there's this guy. His name is Convolk. This song was released five years ago, and it was it had me in a chokehold. Um, <laughs> uh, it's called "Whatever It Takes" by um, Convolk, and it's like we've got a couple features on it. Um, it's a really good song. So probably that. It's just about like I'll do whatever it takes to be there for you. So there, there. How about that one? Oh. <laughs> there's my third one. <laughs> And definitely a solid picks to see the least. Perfect. And Perfect. now that we've got the soundtrack down, then we write the script, and then mm -hmm. we go to casting. Mm -hmm. Who plays Emily, and you can't say yourself because you are obligated to make a Stanley S. Cameo. Okay, um, Megan Fox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. You know, that one was easy. <laughs> I had to pick, like, the one of the prettiest actresses of all time, Megan Fox. No. And then it would just, and then it would just make everybody think that Emily Locke is just, just attractive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily Locke is very pretty, I will say. <laughs> I wasn't fishing for a compliment, but thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, everybody, your boyfriend's favorite wrestler, you know, all the boyfriends want Megan Fox. Exactly. <laughs> now that we have Emily casted, every movie has a supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Who would be three people significant to you and your story that would be in your movie, and who would play them? Ooh. So honestly, um, I brought them up a lot. It would have to be Exodus, and then I would have to be... Um, if we're talking about wrestler like Emily, it'd have to be T Gaines. So um, it would have to be um, Exodus and T Gaines as, you know, the three other 
actors. Um, listen, I don't. I, I the only person I can think of for Josh would be. And listen, Josh better not get you know get excited like you know. Oh, I look like this guy because you know, um, Jason Momoa just because of the hair, right? Okay. That would make sense, right? Sure. Um, <coughs> Casper, who could Casper be? Um, I'm trying to think of the hair. Maybe Channing Tatum. Let's put Channing Tatum as Casper. Okay. <laughs> and then. T Gaines, um, who's the ugliest actress? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, T Gaines, T Gaines, T Gaines. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. How about that? All right. Those are my picks. Wow. I, listen, I am so bad with actors and actresses' names. I'm very shocked. I just did that. Well, I mean, it's a solid cast to say the least. Megan Fox, um, Jennifer Lawrence, and Jason Momoa. Um, it's definitely going to be a blockbuster. It will just because of just just because everybody's a looker, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you could pre-order the tickets now. Yes, now do it. Just just send it to my cash app. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, cereal is a snack, not a breakfast. Honestly, yes, because that's when I mostly eat cereal is as a snack. I never eat it as a breakfast. Okay. And my and my my cereal of choice is uh, honey bunches of oats with almonds. But what kind of milk are you using? Whole milk, always. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that there's a few cereal drinkers, uh, eaters that listen, uh -huh. and um, it's this is a controversial subject. <laughs> it's always a snack for me, and it's normally like a late night snack. Like it's never. Ooh you know, middle of the day, like it's normally like 10 or 11 p.m. And I'm, cereal sounds really good right now. And I know, I know one of the members of Exodus um, will only eat cereal dry, no milk. But that's just, that's just insanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, on to a controversial subject, to the most controversial of subjects. Mm -hmm. Pineapple on pizza. What's your stance? Um, so Mama Locke has always eaten pineapple on pizza. Mama Locke's favorite, um, pizza is a Hawaiian pizza. So okay. the only time I will ever eat pineapple on pizza is in that, like, in a, like a Hawaiian pizza type situation. But, um, if I'm just like picking toppings, absolutely not. Okay. So more or less anti-pineapple on pizza. Yes, unless, like, the toppings that you put with it make sense. Okay. What's your spirit Pokemon? Pokemon? I mean, there's that one. Hang on. I'm not a big Pokemon person, but let me... Hang on. I know there's one that's really cute that I like. Hang on. I'm going to look them up. Look at them up. Yes. You knew it. <laughs> that one. That one's and I and I like Pikachu. Pikachu's cute too, but um, I would say those two. Okay, we love the late great Tracy Smothers on the show. Do you know the acronym for Thug? T H U G. No, I don't. <laughs> T is for terrible. 
H is for hell, U is for ugly, and G is for jail. Because a dog can't spell. <laughs> That's great. That yeah. is so funny. I love that. We love the late, great Tracy Smothers trying to keep the memory alive on the song. I love that. That is, that's definitely, that made me laugh. That made me giggle. <laughs> I believe Jay Lito may have wrestled Tracy as well. So um, oh, really? when you're patting him awesome. on the back, uh, maybe ask him about it. I should. I should. I'll, I'll, I will. Thank you for bringing that up because I will. Will this question you'll be asked on a wrestling interview, hopefully, would you ever consider wrestling a rock? Not Dwayne Johnson, not the country, an actual physical rock. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not. Um, for me, no. It's just, you're just, ke- the business, the business, I'm not going to fake getting hit unless somebody's chucking a rock at me. <laughs> So, so that's a, that's a plane. No, I'd wrestle the rock, the rock, but no, not not just not a physical rock. Well, just for context, there is this wrestler named uh, Psycho Mike that wrestled mm-hmm. in actual rock for over fifteen yes. minutes um, mm-hmm. in a tungsten man match. That's an arm man match that lasts for two weeks. Yeah, I've heard. I heard about that. Um, and now, like, like I said, there, there's a, a time, like, I, I feel like there's a time and a place for, I don't even know if they were going for comedy there. Um, but that, unfortunately, I feel like sometimes makes wrestling not look very good. <laughs> you know, no offense to that guy. No offense. But, um, you know, we're, I, I want to keep integrity within the business. And um, that is not, in my opinion, how you keep integrity. In the professional wrestling business. And normally I would say, you know, if it was just any pro wrestler that could wrestle a rock, yeah, I could understand that. But Psycho Mike actually had a good match with a rock. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in the context of Psycho Mike, I would say, yeah, that. Well, yeah. You could do it. <laughs> I mean, the name says it all, right? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Hey, um, on a more serious note, where do you see yourself in five years? I'd love to see myself signed. Um, am I going to be specific about where? Absolutely not. I would just like to see myself doing this for um, full time. Um, I I would love to still see myself working with the people that I'm working with now. Exodus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if this that doesn't happen, that's okay because you know our careers are gonna you know go different paths, and that's okay. Um, but on a hundred percent serious note, I would love to be signed somewhere and doing wrestling full time, or maybe had already been signed and you know. On the other end of it, obviously, you don't want to only be signed for a short amount of time. However, who knows? I could be signed tomorrow and be signed for five years and then, you know, on the other end of that. So um, I would just like to at least feel fulfilled with wrestling in five years, for sure. All right. And what is a match people should go out of their way to see that that best shows off what Emily Locke is all about? Um. Again, I I don't know if it's announced yet, so I don't want to say. But I would say um, 
the energy match that's coming up for me is definitely going to be that. Or any T-Gains match I've ever wrestled, um, more specifically that New Heights one, that they haven't posted it yet. But um, I feel like you can see, like, as much as I dislike her, she brings out the best in me. So I feel like any match that I have with T-Gains, most matches I have with Lexi Gomez as well, um, or just any match because I'm just the best and you can always see the best in me when I'm in the ring. <laughs> All right. And I will uh, go on YouTube and find a match against T-Gains, uh, and I will put a link to it in the description of the video below, but on YouTube and CastBox for anybody that hasn't seen it, wants to see it, wants to re-see it after this interview. Perfect. And Love since, that. And since we are nearing the conclusion of this interview, we are wrestling with the eight questions of doom. Dun, dun, dun. Questions of doom? Yes. This is our speed okay. round, our bonus round, the round where we see who you really are. Are you ready? I am ready, I hope. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Greatest wrestler of all time, excluding myself. <laughs> You know, I'm going to go on a woman level, and right now I'm going to say uh, Charlotte Flair. She was one of the ones who has um, inspired me, so I'll say Charlotte Flair. Oh. Worst wrestler. Worst wrestler? Oh, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> uh. mm. Anything I've seen from, you know what? No. Oh, no. What am I going to say? There's, there, there's a few that popped into my head, but I'm not going to say it because I want to be signed. New Jack. I don't know. New Jack. <laughs> New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> don't come for me, New Jack. You scare me. Um, your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship. Who is your opponent? Uh, one of the dream, one of my dream poems would be Rhea Ripley. So, yeah, Rhea Ripley. If you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Oh, there's one song I really like. I like Samoa Joe's song. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Finish the sentence. K-Fabe is... I don't want to say, okay, um... Kayfabe is awesome, in my opinion. Kayfabe is awesome. I love Kayfabe. Oh, yeah. But it's not, it's not, um, it's not used properly. We would have also accepted Taste Great on Toast. <laughs> I need to try it. Yes. <laughs> Squash, vegetable or fruit? Vegetable. I... I don't agree that tomato is a fruit, so I feel like anything that's not sweet is a vegetable. So, squash and tomato are vegetables. <laughs> what? Everybody said tomato's a fruit! No, no, that was your answer. Was That was your answer. I was confirming. Oh, yes. I, sorry. I thought, I thought you were giving me facts, and I was like, what? Yes, in my, in my eyes... A vegetable is savory, and a fruit is sweet. But I know it's not true, and I feel like a squash is a fruit because you asked. Well, 
Uh, you would be correct in that. Um, squash is indeed a fruit, and tomato is indeed a fruit. I'm telling you, it just it just doesn't make a vegetable is is savory and a fruit is sweet. And I'm still gonna call it a vegetable. So squash match with squash. Well, you're part of Squash Squad now, and that means a hell of a lot more. Love that. Go me. New Japan wrestler Tai Chi. His ring gear gets smaller every year, revealing more of himself to the world. My question, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for ring gear? Depends on if you're a man or a woman, to be honest with you. Okay. Because, um, you know... A lot of girls like to show a lot of the, the booty. Um, but for men, I feel like it needs to cover your whole butt. Like, 100%. Like, sometimes we be seeing Sammy Guevara's butt. And <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like for men, it fully needs to cover the butt. Like, all the way to the bottom. But, like, it still, it shouldn't be baggy either. It needs to cover it if you're going to wear trunks. Okay. I prefer tights on men, but if you're going to wear trunks, it should fully cover your butt because I'm not trying to see some man booty. Okay. <laughs> and on and for women, point. just don't do a thong, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the last question, the main event, the thing everybody wants to know. Have you ever had a conversation with a stranger in a supermarket about Darby Allen. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever really talked to anybody about Darby Allen unless I'm watching Darby Allen on AEW. So, no. And that is the correct answer. Okay. Has anybody have, has anybody ever said yes to that? Yes. There has been conversations really? about Darby Allen. Um, one, you could be a little iffy about because Darby Allen was in the supermarket with him. Um, well, see, there you go. That's cheating. A little bit. Um, but, <laughs> um, there was one wrestler that, uh, there's been a couple. <laughs> there has been a couple. Okay. I believe it. I believe it. Y you never know. And that will conclude, um, this interview. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You, you, I'm very impressed. You did your research. I mean, you pulled out that cups question and my mind was blown. So <laughs> that, that was great. That was great. You are, you are a very good host. Well, we like to do our research here and we like to keep it interesting for our guests. You, you definitely did that. <laughs> and once again, where can we find all things, uh, Emily Rock on social media and your multi yeah, and um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, um, sometimes X. I don't go on Twitter or X. At I'm Emily Locke. Um, my Twitch stream is twitch.tv slash Emily Locke. Um, you can get my merch just by, you know, DMing me um, for certain, like, 8x10s. I also have a Pro Wrestling Tees website, um, Pro Wrestling Tees slash Emily Locke. Um, and I'm trying to think. Um, I mostly post on Instagram and Facebook, and um, yeah, I think that's all my socials. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm working on my YouTube channel. I promise. But, um, but yeah, 
just just look for me on posters because hopefully you'll see them soon. Okay. And you don't have to type it into your Google machine. All of the links to all of our social media will be in the description of the video below, both on YouTube and CastBox. Simply click the link, a new tab will appear on whatever device you are on. You have no excuse. Buy a damn short. Buy one and, a sh and a, an 8x10 and follow me because I'm trying to post more content and it's entertaining. And you can find me on TikTok too. I post videos on there. All right. So buy a damn short and give her a damn follow. Please do. I would very much appreciate it. And tell your boyfriends about me. And <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for uh, listening. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment. But on YouTube and CastBox, this was sponsored by World Energy and Player One Coffee. Uh, join us tomorrow as we interview T-Games. No. I'm Don't you do that. <laughs> no. I, no. Uh-uh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in her email and secretly block your email address. <laughs> No, uh, join us tomorrow as we interview Ted Sabin, that is confirmed, blocked in, already recorded, um, and join us every Tuesday um, and Wednesday for new incredible interviews. Follow the show at Wrestling with E, both on X, Instagram, and Thread. Follow me personally at JamesJ993. Alright, um, Emily, when I say Wrestling with, you say entertainment, okay? Got it. For always special guest Emily Locke, Calico Yachts, Scooter Dust, and James Jane, this has been Wrestling With Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.